Well, I'm glad I'm here this morning. How about you? How many would rather be here than the best hospital in the state of Alabama, the best prison? Amen. I thought most of y'all agree. Some of y'all thinking it over. <laughs> I know God is good when he is good. Are you sure? Even during the bad times? Huh? Jesus said in this life, you will have test, trial, and tribulations. Can I get a witness of that? But, 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 be of what? Good cheer. Not just cheer, good cheer. Why would, why would it be a good cheer? He said, because I, I came ahead of you. I saw what was ahead of you, and I've overcome all of it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Our children are going to children's church. Praise God. May the teacher win. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. We're going to go live on Facebook now. Good morning and welcome here to Grace Life Church here in Jimerson, Alabama. Thrilled that you're joining us this morning uh, for our resurrection Easter service, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I, it's kind of a, uh, I, I don't make light of it, but I mean, um, I, I know we do this once a year, but for me, it's, this is, uh, I do this every Sunday. Today, they're just calling it Easter. How many know Jesus was alive last week? And he, how many know Jesus was the resurrection alive 365 days a year? I don't know if you can see it in the camera, but there's a, back here, this, uh, whatever you call these things, these poster deals, they're, uh, Banners, thank you. Uh, it says what? Now that's, not, 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 that's the service now. You see, y'all stay seated for just a minute. But anyway, now the work of Jesus is what? It, it's finished. Amen. And in a few minutes, and at the end of the service, we're going to be receiving communion together, and we'll ask the children to come back in and be part of our service. We can do it as a family. And uh, those of you who are <coughs> joining us, or if you're watching another time. Uh, go, find, go find something. It doesn't, you don't have to have, um, you know, where juice, if you need to, use milk, use water. It really doesn't matter what it is, does it? Yeah, so we're not, we're not serving wine, fermented or unfermented. We're serving juice. The only thing we don't bring in is Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid stains. Yeah. Amen. So uh, if we did, we'd have to use the green so it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt our chairs. So anyway, but we're, we're going to receive communion this morning. It's going to be powerful. Do you know the songs that we, we're worshiping the Lord this morning with, is, uh, you know, as you know, is about the blood of Jesus. And there's nothing any more powerful. As Christian was mentioning that, there's a lot of songs, has been going on for years. We are always looking for, <clears throat> for music uh, that, uh, that has an understanding of who we are in him. You know, if you think about it, songs take on different type of thought patterns. Some songs are declarations. In other words, we, we declare certain things. Some songs are affirmations. Some things, we say this is who we are in Him, right? Some songs are celebration. But there's not, there's not as many songs that are actually worshipped that are, are declaring who He is now, present day in the present terms. And uh, there's so many hymns that need to come back into the church. I don't care really if they jazz them up or whatever they got to do. I mean, uh, my age and older, we we just rather you just leave them alone. But anyway, there's uh, it, it's the it's the word that's in them. Not not all of them, because a lot of the, you know some of the hymns. I don't care how powerful they were or how much people liked them. They might have been emotional, but it might have been not a, might not might have been that spiritual. In the sense of they may not have been scripturally true, because it's easy to tap into emotions. You understand. 
But is the words, the words that we are, are, are saying or reading or singing, are they actually true words? Amen. And so a lot of our songs today, you know, they're the contemporary songs. You have to be really cautious about them because they'll take you away from who you are in him. Or they don't want to mention anything about the blood of Jesus. And others have went to say, we need to get some of these songs out because the blood's just too kind of a, it's too, you know, rude. It's too, uh, it's, it's just too crude to talk about blood in church. Now, when you, when you hear that, you, you need to address that real quick. Uh, if there wasn't no blood, you're not saved. Right? And, there had, and if there's no resurrection, you're not saved. And so we don't need to sing less songs about the blood. We need to sing more songs about the blood. And uh, so there is power in the blood of Jesus. And that's not just a song. That is the word of the living God. Did you know that you're washed in the blood? Do you, do you know the reason why you'll have entrance into heaven one day? Yes, because you received Jesus as Lord and Savior. But let me give you a, a real legal thing because the, the, the blood is a legal living contract. Did you know when you, when you received Christ that your name is actually written in the Lamb's book of life? And one day when you enter into heaven, whether it's through the rapture or we go to meet him before that time, you'll enter in because in the book is your name. And it's written in red and it's not ink, it's in blood. Jesus' blood, I believe, has taken and your name was written in red in his blood. And nothing's going to wash that out. You can, go get, you can go get Ajax, you can go get Tide, you can go get Shout. You can try to shout it out. But you can't, you can't get the blood out. Amen. And do you know the enemy is terrified about the blood? He's absolutely terrified, terrified about the blood of Jesus. So, so we don't need to sing less about the blood, talk less about the blood, but more about it. Having said that, I want to read uh, from Revelations chapter 1, if you want to follow along. I'm going to, go, I'm going to read um, more scriptures than usual and less, probably less commentary. And um, some people say, well, I don't like going to that church because I don't believe all they believe. Well, I'm going to be reading mostly scriptures today, so I mean, there will be less commentary and if you believe the scriptures, then, then we'll be in good shape. Revelation chapter 1, I'm using, right now I'm using the King James. Whatever you have, do the best that you can. Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. I'm going to read seven verses. It says, The revelation of, Je of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, talking about John, to show unto his servants those things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bore record of the word of God and of the testimony, the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all the things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth. You want a blessing this morning? In other words, in this book, John said there's a, there's a, this is the testament, the revelation is the testimony of Jesus Christ. And a lot of times people say, you know, I just stay out of the book of Revelation because it can't be understood. What's well, kind of funny that God would write a book named Revelation <laughs> and you can't understand it. I mean, just say la, pause to think about it. Amen. The Lord, uh, he said, amen. That's what his way of saying it. <laughs> He's bawling this morning. He just got a strike. <laughs> I mean, he, hey, isn't that how you do a life? You just keep on, you just moving on. You know, whatever goes, you just keep on moving on. Can I get an amen? Are y'all here? Praise the Lord. I was there in praise and worship, had a mint in my mouth, and I guess it had been in the heat too long. Had it in the truck and got it out. It's kind of sticky. And when a few minutes later, I realized 
I don't have a feeling on the tooth anymore. Well, that means I swallowed it. <laughs> now I got to go to the garage today and work on it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we just keep rolling, out, rolling right along. So blessed is he that reads. He didn't even say he that reads and understands. He said, if you just read this book, he said, you'll get blessed. So we're going to read seven blessings, seven uh, scriptures right here. Blessed is he that readeth and hears the words of this prophecy and keeps those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, here we go, who is the faithful witness. Someone say faithful witness. He is the first begotten or the first born again from the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us. Tell your neighbor, say that means you, loved you. And washed us from our sins in his own blood. Amen. Washed us from our sins in his own blood. Woo, he, in his blood, he gets the stains out. He removes the past. Hebrews said not only that, he said, because under the old covenant, he said, they, you know, that there was the type and shadow before Jesus would come. And that's why I shed his blood, because the scripture says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So everything in the old covenant, you know, typified of taking a lamb, a goat or whatever it was they brought you know, to the priest. It had to be a certain lamb, it had to be the best one they had. Could be, you know, you couldn't bring, I call Gimpy in there. I mean, you had to give your best and the priest would have to look at it and he would have to he would have to examine your sacrifice to see if your sacrifice was worthy of acceptance for it to be for the for the covering, not the removal, the covering of your sins. And atonement is a covering. Actually, we use the word atonement. It's OK, but it really is not even a New Testament word because we're our, our, our sins aren't covered. They've been removed. Total remittance. New, new creations of someone who never existed before. Huh? Your past is gone. Amen. I know you know that. I hope, you, I hope you don't ever get like, yeah, I know that. You're not who you used to be. <laughs> you're, you're not that guy or that gal that once was. You're on, you're on this side. You're in the new code. Well, I hope they hadn't sinned their salvation away. Well, you, you, think, you think a lot of your sin, don't you? I hope she hadn't went too far. We can't get, her, can't get him or her back in time, really. You think way too much of what she or he did and too little of the blood of Jesus. Whatever, whatever the devil was doing in you before Christ, the blood of Jesus far exceeds and excels on this side. Amen. You say, well, you know, I, they might fall from grace. Well, when you say that, you have to understand what you're talking about. Grace is not falling from salvation. Grace is how you got saved through faith. If you fall from grace, this is, this is what falling from grace actually looks like. It's not, it's, not, it's not saying I'm not relying upon Jesus, or it's not saying that I don't accept Jesus. It's saying I'm going to go do this thing in my might, in my strength, in my ability. That's what Paul said. He said, everything's in vain. It's useless. He said, your, your, your faith is useless. When you fall from grace, you're reaching back into you and what you're able to do. And you're no longer complete, but in him you are complete. So, so we don't fall from grace, huh? Because by grace you were saved through faith. Amen. Amen. So, so whatever happened in the past, 
through the blood of Jesus far exceeds in, 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 this, in this covenant, which is a new, Hebrews said it's a new covenant. It said it's a better covenant with better promises, better promises. Hebrews said the patriarchs of old, he said they wish they could have saw the day that you're in. It said they longed to see the day that you're living in. Huh? Abraham would have loved to see the day that you was in, but he didn't get to see it. Abraham has some powerful things to do and powerful things to say, but he didn't have the, he didn't have the Holy Spirit like you have in him. He didn't have the name of Jesus. He didn't even have the word of God like you have. He was, he was working with a half deck and he, and my God, what you could do with a half deck. Huh? The Bible said he considered not his body when he's old. Well, that takes some doings when you get older not to consider your body because your body considers. Now, if you're 15 years old, you don't even know what I'm talking about. You're thinking, I'm believing God. You don't even know if you believe in God or not. I'll ask you when you're 50 if you believe in God. <laughs> Sometimes you just think, you know, that you're strong in faith. You live on, baby. <laughs> You'll get an opportunity to know if you believe in God or not. Hallelujah. But the blood covers all ages. Hallelujah. <clears throat> He's the ultimate Medicare and Medicaid. He picks up all of his bills. All the expenses are paid in Christ Jesus. I'm not backing up from that word. I'm not back. When the Lord tells me I'm going to back away from this, then I will. Until then, I'm going to go. I'm going to go head on with it in the name of Jesus. Because we're in those days and we're coming into more days that we can't thank God for medical help. Thank God for what they can help us do. But I'm telling you, you know, some of the richest people in the world who had everything at their access, it could not give them life. I was reading about someone who, who I had been in, in uh, business meetings with years ago and before he passed away, he was a billionaire and he made it to 79 years of age. Well, I, I'm thinking he probably had access to some of the greatest doctors in, of my, in the minds in the world, don't you? And I'm not saying 79 is way premature. Good man lived a good life, helped a lot of people, helped thousands of people. But I'm just saying we need to put our trust. As Christian was saying, he's our source. We need to put our trust in Jesus Christ. Amen. So here in Revelation, says, he's the one, he's the faithful one. And I think we were in what verse we were in, uh, five. And it says, unto him that he loved us, washed us from our sins in his own blood. And he made us kings and priests unto God and to our Father. To him to be glory and dominion forever and ever. It says in verse seven, behold, he comes with clouds and every eye shall see him. That time is about to come. I love reading these scriptures, things that have not happened yet. You know, a lot of times we, we, what we read is something that has happened, and so we, we live in what he's already done. But isn't it fun and exciting to, to read? We can see what's coming. Well, this is, a, this is a prophetical scripture. Actually, it's a time, if you want to know what that scripture talks about, and we don't have time to go into the, to a long explanation, this is, at the, this is at the second coming. This is at the end of the seven-year tribulation. But he, when he will come and every eye will see him, all those who pierced him, which actually we weren't there, but actually all of us were guilty of piercing and putting the, putting the spear into his side. But every eye shall see him. Every eye shall see him. I, I was moving some things around this morning. I was uh, packing a bag, uh, going a few days away. And, uh, we have an anniversary on Tuesday. And we were... We were, I was packing a bag and I reached to go get a bag on a shelf and I was going to use it and, and there was some stuff in there that I stuff that and, and does anyone other than me have stuff that you don't know why you keep? <laughs> I mean, I, I have some stuff that I, I mean, and so this is a giveaway. I mean, whoever raised their hand, they can have first. 
so it's the it's the it's the whatever they call the GPS that went on your windshield and you went like this and you got the suction cup, you know. I mean, I paid three hundred something dollars for that, and, and and it's absolutely worthless because your phone does all that. If you put it on your windshield, they just laugh at you. Look at there, look at look at old Jim. He's got one though. So I have one. It works. If you want it, you can have it. Even the pawn shop won't give me a quarter for it. And so what would we do with that? And so uh, then I have a I have a, a camera like this that we can't use back here. It's absolutely worthless because the technology is so much increased that, that, that it's not marketable anymore. And it all works, but it just hurts me on the inside to you know, put it in a bag and just throw it away. Like, oh, gosh, I don't know why that is. Anyone ever have that problem? You have things you hang on to them that you, you got and someone else gave you and, you know, <clears throat> You ever you ever clean the house out and gave something to someone and they gave it back to you as a gift and forgot that actually you gave it to them? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt and Michelle's mother used to do that. She used to love to go to sales and find these bargains and all that kind of stuff. And she and my mother did too. Man, she I don't know, she'd like to go to I guess it's called the thrift store. She'd bring me things there's no way I could wear. Or was gonna wear. But I didn't tell, I said, Oh, thank you, but that's so good. One good thing she brought me one day, she brought me a jacket, and I think, you know, uh, my dad used to make fun of it. You know, he, she'd bring home cans and stuff like that, and she said, well, it's good. He said, well, what's in there? She said, it says beans. Well, what kind of beans? Well, I don't know, but we eat all kinds. And he, what do you call it, Barbara? He called it the, the, the runover store, you know, when they were bent. Yeah. Anyway, I put on my jacket when she left, and I... And she walked out the door and I put my hands in and I reached in and I felt something. There was money in there. It was $5 bills. And so she, she, she thought she did good because she got a $2 jacket, but it, I guess they paid her $5 to take, take the jacket. <laughs> so, so I'd end up giving those things back. I said, I can't, it don't fit me no more. And then she gave it back to me. Forget about it. You know, two months later, and she said, I found this. Maybe you can wear it. Mm. Well, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Let's get out of that. Let me talk to you about another event that's going to take place. I hope, I hope that you'll, uh, that you'll uh, get excited about this. This is in 1 Thessalonians. I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation. 1 Thessalonians. Can you all find that? It, right, it, it, if you go to 2 Thessalonians, back up a little bit. Head east or head west a little bit. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Praise God. Now you may wonder why I'm reading these scriptures. Well, I'm tying it into resurrection. Resurrection. The, appear, uh, the, the message translation gives a subtopic. It calls the appearing of the Lord in verse 13. And it says, beloved brothers and sisters, we want you to be quite certain about the truth concerning those who have passed away so that you won't be overwhelmed with grief like many others who have no hope. Isn't that a great promise? Amen. It really is. He said, we have a hope that the world does not have. As believers, that we have a hope that we know. You know, the Bible says to be absent from this body is just to be present somewhere else, right? People say so-and-so died. Well, yeah, maybe, yeah, they did, they did, but 
just in the earthly sense. I mean, you're not an eternal being when you get to heaven. You're an eternal being right now. You're going to spend eternity somewhere, right? How many are going to spend it with Jesus in heaven? So there's no, there's no one that's died. They may have ceased to live on this earth, but their, their body, you could say, is asleep. But they're certainly not asleep. I mean, the moment they left this earth in, the, in, in, just, in, just, a, in just a moment's time, a twinkle of eye, they, they were in glory. Now, <clears throat> there'll be the time when Jesus raised from the dead, they'll get their glorified body. And, the, and, and well, how many are looking forward to a glorified body? I mean, you appreciate what the Lord gave you, but you will and trade it in. Anybody willing to trade it in? <laughs> you know, he, he won't need no fixing up. <laughs> he won't take any pills. He won't need any treatment. You won't need any sleep. Probably won't need any food, but before he'll let you do it anyway. Isn't God good like that? So you don't really even have to eat, but go ahead and do what you want to. Huh? Sickness can't get you, nor calories. Woo! Glory to God. I believe that's in the Bible somewhere. I'll keep on scratching until I find it. No carbs in heaven. I'm sure it's in there. I just hadn't dug it all out yet. But here it says, it says that we don't, we don't grieve like others grieve, which had no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, we also believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have died while believing in him. So when he comes back, he's, he's bringing the believers with him. And, we'll go, and, and in the rapture, we'll go to meet him, right? That is the word of the Lord, who we who are alive in him and remain on earth when the Lord appears will by no means have an advantage over those who have already died. Sometimes we read that and we don't really listen to it. I mean, it, I, I, I suppose... Many people, we do. It, it, it'd be good and right and fun to be here when Jesus comes back. It's very possible that's going to happen for everyone in this room. Very possible. But if not so, the, if those who are alive remain when he comes, here it says they have no advantage over you. I mean, the, the ones who are already with the Lord, they say, well, I, I just hate to miss the rapture. Well, did you read that? You don't. If Uncle Frank went on, and if you're here when Jesus comes back, it says the dead in, in Christ rises first. He takes their, the, the body that they had on earth, and, it, and it's glorified, and they go first. They get first both times. <laughs> they get to go be with him first, and then they come back. You know, I mean, it, I, I'm sure it's just a, a moment you know, just right behind them. But they, but they get their body glorified. Amen. Man, when you get that glorified body. In other words, you, you get the same body Jesus has, the same spirit Jesus has when you're with him. You know, the one that walks through walls, that walks on water. That'd be pretty fun, won't it? Go in heaven, you just kind of walk in on your buddy, just walk through the wall, say, hey, now, what's going on? <laughs> Hallelujah. So it says, it says there, there's no advantage from one to the other. By no means we'll have an advantage, for both will rise together. Now watch here, verse 16. For the Lord himself will appear with a declaration of what? Of victory. The shout of an archangel and the trumpet blast of God and he will descend from the heavenly realm and command those who are dead in Christ to rise first. And those who are alive will join them, transported together in clouds to have an encounter. Ooh, to have an encounter with the Lord in the air. And we will, be, will forever be joined with the Lord. So we encourage one another with these truths. Encourage. 
I think the King James says, comfort one another with these words. So we, we have comfort for those who have gone and for those of us who are coming, no matter what the world's doing. Amen. Nothing, if you've ever read the Bible, there's nothing that tells you the world's going to get better and better. It's going to tell you it's going to get worse. Evil men are going to wax what? Worse and worse. But to reestablish what Christian was talking about when she was receiving the offering is this. That we're, we're, we're in this world, Jesus said, but we're not of this world. Amen. The Bible says you're just a pilgrim. You're, you're, you're simply wondering. I don't mean wondering like I wonder what's going to happen. No, you're, we're, we're, we're just moving about on this earth. But Philippians tells you that, that you came from heaven first. That you're a stranger to even be here. Now, I, I know that's a little different because you say, well, I was born so-and-so. Well, yes, yes and no that you weren't. In this earthly realm, this earthly life that you have, you might have been born on that day, that month, that year, in that city to, to so-and-so parents, but you came straight from God. And, you're, and, and, and Father is Father God. Amen. So we're down here. We have a, we have a, a wonderful, joyous purpose that we're going to fulfill our purpose and then we're going to go back to... And, and so when people say that they died, no, they just went home. They went... They went Home. Amen. Heaven's not the next place. Heaven's home. Amen. I don't know what that does. It makes me feel good. I said, say, say, <clears throat> my parents are gone. They, where are they at? They're home. Amen. They're home. Mama's home. <laughs> Daddy's home. Sister's home. They're home. And one day we'll be home. But until then, we've got a work to do. We've got a story to tell. We've got to preach the gospel. So people can be saved, can be born again. We've got to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. Amen. Amen. Play a little Elvis every now and then. You know, <laughs> little Michael Jackson. You want me to do a Michael Jackson? No, no, I won't do it. <laughs> i got to see that. <laughs> yeah, me too. It'd be a miracle. Praise the Lord. Now look at John 14. I'm doing this backwards from the way I thought it was. John 14. Someone said, are you, are you doing Easter or are you doing end times? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. We do resurrection every Sunday. Now this John 14 was written, most believe within 20, John 14 through John 17 was written, most believe 24 to 48 hours before Jesus was crucified. So these are some very pertinent things he's saying to his disciples. Wouldn't you think so? He knows about what he knows what's going to go down. They don't. They have no understanding whatsoever. And so he understands his moment and his time to the place where he goes to the garden and and begins to perspire and sweat to the place to where blood flow from the capillaries and to where you're sweating blood. That's a different type of anguish. And it comes from them. Remember, he went to him and he says, could you just pray with me an hour? And they couldn't go one hour with him. And he knows what's going to happen to him. And look where his focus goes. You hear this at a funeral, and rightfully so. But he wasn't talking to them. It wasn't their funeral. It was, in a sense, his. Verse 1 says, he tells them, don't let your heart be troubled. He's, he's going to be crucified 24 hours. He says, don't, don't let your heart be troubled about this. Think about if you was going to be crucified. If 
you was going to be nailed to the cross, if you was going to go to the whipping post, not many of us would say, it's okay, don't be troubled about this. So he says, don't let your heart be troubled. Hmm. Some of y'all never thought about that way, did you? There's, there's the weightiness of the scripture like this. So he's, he's still ministering love to them. He says, don't let the weight of what's about to happen to me trouble you. He says, but let me point you to a promise. In my father's house, there are many mobile homes. <laughs> huh? Is that what your says? Oh, I'm sorry. In my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. I think some of y'all are going to have two or three places. How many of y'all are going to live in the city? Or at least have a city home? None of us. See, we're in the country. Well, Alexis is going to have one. Yeah, she showed me one the other day. She won't stay there very long. But anyway, how many of y'all are going to live in the country? How many of y'all going to live at the beach? In the mountains? How many of you going to have two or three homes? A big lake. Amen. You're going to walk on it every now and then? Gonna walk out on your lake every now and just let me. You could take the boat or you can just walk on it. Yeah. We talked about that last week, you know, uh, about Jesus being fully 100% God. Everyone agreed with that. And you tell me you believed he was 100% man. How I many you believe that? You know, the resurrection proves it. Because a, a God you can't kill. So he was 100% man. But a man can't come back from the dead, so he was 100% God. So Jesus walked on water as a man. He didn't perform one act of deity as God. Not one. And it, the Bible said he had, to, he had to grow. Luke 2 said he, he waxed strong and he grew. And he come to know who he was. He didn't know he was the Messiah. He left that in heaven. He was a 100% God in his spirit. He was, but he was 100% man in his soul and his body. And he, didn't, and he did not know he was God. Don't want to go into that. That's on. You can watch that from last week. But there were several scriptures that came to him and he found out who he was in the word of God. His mother had had a conversation with him somewhere before the age of 12. Think of the power of that. Somewhere in there, his mother spoke to him and told him what happened. How an angel appeared to her and how Joseph was not his father. And that she conceived him by the power of the Holy Spirit. A virgin. There was no such thing. She didn't hardly know what to do with it. And he was trying to gain understanding of that. But it came to some understanding. We see him at the age of 12. Here they are. They're on a trip. And they, they lose him after a day. And they have to go back and find him. And where is he in there? He's in the temple. He's asking questions. He's talking. He's conversing over these scriptures. And they get to that place in Isaiah 7. I think it's Isaiah 7. It says, and the Messiah will come and he will be born of a virgin. And all of a sudden, those conversations that he's had with his mother, he's like, that's what mother said. That's who mother said I was. He found himself in the word that he become to know that he was the promised one, the Messiah. Many of the scriptures we posted some of them online so you can actually go and, and uh, to our website and, and you can see the scriptures that Jesus, he found himself in the scriptures and he prayed over himself. He, he, he knew, he come to know who he was in the word of God. You know, it's so powerful. 
I, 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 I love all the gifts of the Holy Ghost. I love a good revival meeting. I love the shouting. I love the, I mean, I love all of it. But you know what I love mostly about all of it? Is I love this word. You know why? Because Peter and John, and there they were on the Mount Transfiguration, the disciples were, and they were with Jesus. And Peter tells over in, over in the book of 1 Peter, he says, we were there during that Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus was there. And Moses was there, and Elijah was there. We saw it. First John says, We have we walked with him. They says, We we lived with him. We, ha we we handled this stuff. We touched it, we tasted it, we saw it, we felt it. We was there. We were eyewitnesses to it. We were there at the Mount of Transfiguration. But let me tell you this: as much as we saw, and it said it was amazing, it was amazing. It's marked us for a life. But Peter said, But I'm gonna tell you this, it pales in comparison to that book right there. He says, no experience that you have should, I'll say, trump the words that you have in front of you because this book is life. I've worked at, I, I've worked at a printing company. I, I, I know how to make this book, every, every part of it. I'm not going back to do it, but I know how they made it. I mean, there, there's, there's one machine does this part, and there's another machine does this part, and I know how these words get on here. That's a different part of the machine, and I know the guy who who puts the ink in there in different colors so that you have this in here. And I know the guy who runs the machine so those, the, 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 you know, the words don't go up and down like a roller coaster, keeps them straight. But all, but all that's just the mechanics of putting the book together. It's the power this, of the author of the book. God chose 40 men and women inspired by the Holy Ghost to speak to you. One author sp spoke by 40 different people who speak this. It's called the word of life. Amen. With this word of life, which is actually a resurrection life, I've seen people saved, haven't you? Amen. I've preached salvation and watched them say this is the greatest miracle you could ever see if someone received Jesus Christ. Don't ever discount the greatest miracle. You could go to heaven sick, but you can't get there unsaved. But thank God we don't have to choose. <laughs> I said we don't have to choose. Amen. We can have all of it, redeemed from the curse of all of it. So here we are. Uh, am I still on? Praise the Lord. Okay. So, so here we are with, with all of it, redeemed from the curse of all of it. And so that morning when they went uh, to see Jesus, which is Luke chapter 24, we'll go there for just a minute this morning, Luke, the 24th chapter. After the crucifixion, verse 1 says, Now upon the first day of the week, every <clears throat> very early in the morning, they came into the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And they entered in. See, they entered in to, to the sepulcher and they found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid, bowed down their faces to the earth. And they said to them, the angel said, why are you seeking the living among the dead? I could ask that question 50 different ways. Why do you keep seeking for the living word, the living Christ among the things that are dead, that has passed away? He went on, the angel went on to say, the one they're seeking, 
He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoken to you when he was in Galilee, saying the Son of, Gan the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And then they remembered his words. Wow. Then, and then they remembered his words. And they returned from the sepulcher and told all these things. Now watch here unto the eleven to all the rest. And it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things to the apostles. In other words, in other words the first was the women who saw him. And they came back and told the men, the, you know, the mighty, faithful, powerful men. Remember them? And their words seemed to be as idle tales, and they didn't believe any of it. Don't believe a woman preacher. <laughs> the, the women got excited and they went and told the man, they said, we, we, we don't believe that. We don't believe that. See, they don't, that proves they did not have, they had no understanding of why Jesus was crucified. They thought Jesus come to set up an earthly kingdom and take care of the Romans. They never understood him. They saw him as a man, as a prophet, as a teacher, as a miracle worker. But they, when he died, even those who thought he was the Messiah said he must not have been. They, they didn't hear what he was speaking to them. Did you know sometimes we don't hear what Jesus is saying to us? Here it said that the angel said they spoke these words and then they remembered. They said, that's what he said. Oh, that's what he was talking about. He said, yes. He fulfilled the prophecy of him, and that's why he's not here. He has risen. Man, you know they got excited. Amen. Think about it, how much, these, how much they loved Jesus. And they ran back and told all the men who were in hiding. And I get it while they were in hiding. But the women told them, they says, we saw two angels. We talked to angels. And the, our Lord has risen. And our Savior, they said, we don't believe it. We don't believe it. But watch here, verse 12. But Peter rose and ran to the sepulcher and stooped down. He beheld the linen clothes laid by himself and departed, wondering himself at that which was to come to pass. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which is from Jerusalem, about three score furlong. And they talked together of all the things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they were communing together, reason Jesus himself drew near and went with him. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. So now he's walking on the road with two disciples and begins talking with them, but they don't know who he is. And he said unto them, what man of, in other words, what are y'all talking about? This conversation that you're having. And one, and one of them, whose name Cleopas, said unto him, I, I, in other words, can I just say it? Like, where have you been the last few days? I mean, you, you, you don't know what's been going on here for this, this week? And, uh, and he said unto them, verse 19, 19, what things? And they said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet. So he said that he was a prophet. <clears throat> well, he was a prophet. Why didn't he say Messiah? See, they, they still didn't all know who he was, did they? Now, and now they're, they're walking with Jesus after he's risen from the dead. And he says, what are y'all conversing about? It seemed like you're, you know, you're, you're all emotional about some things. And it's like, man, where have you been? Have you been hiding under a rock? Don't you know what's, what's taking place here? And they begin to tell, they begin to tell Jesus about Jesus. <laughs> I'm sure he was taking notes. And they told him he was a mighty prophet. I'm sure that helped him out a lot. And it says, 
uh, prophet mighty indeed in the word before God and all the people and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And besides all this to the day, the third day since these things were done. Yea, and, when, and were certain women that also the company made us astonished, which were early in the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had seen the vision of angels, which said they were, that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it so, you know, as they said. And then verse 25, then he said unto them, Jesus said unto them, O fools. That's after the resurrection. <laughs> he says, Foolish, foolish, oh foolish, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? Then he, so he went back and told them everything that, that they had spoken, all the prophecy. He begins to talk about Moses and different ones. And so <clears throat> he, he says, in other words, he ends it with, let me come to your house today and we'll, and we'll break bread and we'll eat together. And, uh, and, and they said, yeah, come on with us. And as they begin to eat, as they begin to eat, verse 33 um, said, And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together. And they were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has spoken to Simon. And behold, told these things which were done in the way and how he was known to them in breaking of bread. And this he spoke. Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace be unto you. They were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen the Spirit. But he said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do, your thoughts Why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands. Behold my feet. That it is I, I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones. And you see, I have. And when he had spoken this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy. Still not believing. And wondered, he said the thing, he said, have ye here any meat? And they gave them a piece of broiled fish and a honeycomb and took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, these are the words which I spoken to you while I was yet with you, that all these things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Then opened up, he, opened up their, he opened up their understanding. I believe that he opens up our understanding. that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, thus it is written and thus will hold Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem and you are witnesses of these things. Yes, Lord. I... Amen. We'll get there in just a minute. The Lord's happy about something today. Many things. He's something he wants to do. For several of you in here today he's going to do. He's, he's so happy. Can't hardly wait till I get there. Lord, I'm trying to, uh, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm happy about what he did. And he says, hurry and tell him about that. He said, because I got something we're going to do. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Sometimes humans can't take too much inside information because <laughs> it's, like, it's like Christmas, you know. It's like you, you kind of think you know what's in the box. They shake it, and it's got the shape of what was on the Christmas list. It says, it's got to be, it's got to be that, and it's got to be that. But you can't break the paper. I did a couple of times, and then I got broke myself. But anyway, 
it says, and they, so he, he led them as far as Bethany and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass that while he blessed them, he was parted for them and carried into the heavens. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Wow. They, they knew who he was. Their eyes opened up. They received revelation. You know, there, uh, the scriptures talk about, and uh, in, I guess it's over, and we, for sake of time, we won't uh, to read all that. But in 1 Corinthians 15, it talks about the, you know, the resurrection. And it talks about the message that we preach is Christ. And when you read the, the fullness of what that, that chapter talks about, it says that, you know, Paul's saying, if there is no resurrection, he says, really, what you have is no message. Which means you really have no hope. The, the, the centerpiece of the gospel is really the resurrection. Because many, many good men and prophets, so-called prophets, were put to death for their belief who did good things. But if there's no resurrection, you don't have a Messiah. You don't have a Savior. You don't have a Lord. You just got a good man that was put down in a bad way. But once again, he was 100% God and 100% man. In his spirit, he was in his spirit as a baby, in the manger, in the manger, he was born God in a stable and 100% man in his body. Once again, I think somewhere around the age of 12, he found out who he was. Began to find out. Now, I don't know about this. So we all have an opinion. I try to stay away from things I have an opinion of. And if I, don't, if I do that, I always tell you this is an opinion. So that you don't say this is gospel. Because this doesn't mean much. Okay? In other words, <clears throat> if we all go to Cracker Barrel or we all go to wherever, we're not all going to order the same thing. Or we don't all cook our, our spaghetti the same way or whatever. You know, or chili comes out different. And so people say the best barbecue in the world has blah, 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 40 different places, right? What was it about the first miracle that Jesus did? Well, you remember what that was? At the wedding of Canaan, right? What did he do? He turned water into what? Kool-Aid, remember that? Oh, why? <clears throat> Who was involved with him to jumpstart it? Mama. <laughs> Look at them mamas. <laughs> she says, uh, they, <clears throat> they've run out of wine. And, she, and he, she's telling Jesus, he says, what, he says, what, what, what would you tell me for? She says, well, we're invited guests. And she says, this is an embarrassing time for them. They've run out of wine. He says, woman, well, my, my hour's not yet. See, they've talked some more, haven't they? They've talked some more. And she says, well, yeah, okay, whatever. But they still have a lot of wine. So, so, I mean, we don't have all of to fill in the blanks. So she, she went around him somehow and told the disciples, I think he's fixed to tell y'all something to do when he does just do that. Then <laughs> I think every now and then she knows she said, they're still out of wine. <laughs> they're still out of wine. And then he went over and gave first miracle he ever did. First miracle, right? He said, you know, go get those firkins and he says, fill them up with water. Take it to the governor of the feast when they poured out was wine. And the governor said what? He said, you know, <clears throat> generally when you come to these kind of occasions, they, they, they save they, they give the very best wine on the front end, right? The men will get a little, whoop, whoop. you know, and then they, they, they pour on the cheap stuff. He said, man, y'all save the best to the very last. Mm -hmm. Jesus had to take wine from water, I mean, make water into wine, you know, and 
I mean, I'm not a wine connoisseur at all. I don't drink any kind of alcohol, but I'm just saying, but I guess the best wine is that is that has age to it, right? So <clears throat> Jesus took the whole fermenting process out of water into the best wine that was. It, he took it as if it was in another day. That scripture is always also, it's a prophetical scripture. It said the times that you've been in, it's been good. But she was born in the last days. And, and now it's going to be better. You could have been born 200 years ago, he said, but you've been born in, in, in the best time. You know, if that, went, if, that, if that miracle would have went sour that day and, and you would have took, told the governor to, to drink this wine and you gave him water, could have been off of your head. So I, I don't know really what happened with Jesus and his mother other than it looked like Jesus was a little reluctant you know, in the beginning, right? First miracle. The Bible says he, he waxed strong and he had to grow in this. And I think mom just like, you got the son? Come on, let's go, let's go. Boom. <laughs> An angel appeared to me. <laughs> Here you come. I do no man. I know who you are. You know who you are. Let's go. They need some wine. Boom. Look at there. So now you're in the best days. And he's serving up the best. And he's serving it out of you. He's serving it out of you. The scripture, this, new, this is a new covenant. We're going to drink of the cup of the new covenant. We're going to have the new wine. Jesus said, he said, talking about the old covenant to the new covenant. And I would say most churches probably preach a mixture of both. And they don't need to. Because they haven't, they haven't discovered what the new covenant is. So they're going there and, you know, God's mad about this and try to carry, carry it over here and bring it. He's, he's like this. And maybe he or she ain't saying too much. We'll try to rescue them. You know, might lose salvation, might do this. It's like you don't even know what covenant you're in. You don't know what your covenant you're in. Jesus, you know, will give hints in the Gospels, but you can't find all that in the Gospels. You can find a little bit of it in John. But Jesus told the people, he says, you can't take. He, was he really was talking about the covenant that was to come. They had no idea what he was talking about. He said, you can't take old wine and put it into a new wineskin. Because there's, a, you know, that, that wineskin's got to stretch and it's got to grow. Well, that wine that's been fermented, he says, you can't put that into a new wineskin because he says the wineskin will not expand at the rate it needs to quick enough. So he said, it'll, it'll just burst and then you'll lose the wineskin and the wine. In other words, you can't put a patch on it. He says, because I'm going to bring you new wine. Mm -hmm. And he says, and you are going to be the, you are going to be the new wine skin. Amen. Glory. He said, back there behind the curtain was the temple of God. And they couldn't have fathomed this. He didn't tell them this because they couldn't have fathomed it. He says, but back behind the curtain was the temple where the presence of God was. He said, the presence of God is coming out of a man-made temple. And then he said, the temple is going to be right here. It's going to be right here on the inside. One third of you is wall to wall Holy Ghost. Your spirit is just like him. When you get to heaven in your spirit, you'll never get an upgrade. You're, you're not going to be any more holy in heaven in your spirit than you are sitting there right now in your spirit. You understand what I'm saying? Now, your, your mind is still doing some crazy days and your body is like, you know, it's got, it's got some ideas of its own. So you got to get your mind and spirit. I mean, you got to get your, your soul to agree with what your spirit knows is true. Your body just come along for the ride. 
Today we're going to drag your body into the new covenant. You might be kicking and screaming, but we're going to drag our bodies into the new covenant. We're going to get an upgrade in our bodies this morning when we receive them. Are y'all ready to do that? Let's do that this morning. Uh, ushers, if you'll go and, and bring the children in so they can have communion with their, with their family. And uh, I, I'm not going to keep you long. I know you don't believe that, but I'm really not. But some things are majorly important. Majorly important. <clears throat> Praise God. These things are, we use them every time. They're convenient, but they're not really always that easy for, to open. If you need some help, just raise your hand. Someone to help you. The top layer is the, the bread or the styrofoam, whatever it is. <laughs> You know, this juice. See, if you understand the new covenant, Jesus dealt with sin. Y'all agree with that? Jesus dealt with sin. Uh, I don't guess like she might be telling you this. She was at the house yesterday and she was watching The Passion of Christ, which is several years old by now. And she was laying down on the couch. And uh, I, I remember, did anybody see The Passion of Christ? I remember seeing it here in the Alabaster Theater for the first time. And, and uh, it's, it's not the kind of movie you're looking for popcorn and drinking, you know, some Reese pieces. Everybody was in there crying, knowing they didn't sell much popcorn that day or any of it. Then on a big theater that loud, it's, it's, two, it's two hours of torture. And that doesn't even depict the whole thing. I know sometimes when I walk in the living room, she, she had the blanket, she'd put it over her head a little bit <laughs> to get to certain parts, she'd put it down and, you know, wiping a few tears. And that's, that's awesome. That's good. I'm glad she is. That way, we should all be that way. And when you watch Jesus at the whipping post, you wonder how in the world could anyone wonder if heathen was the will of God? You know, there's a part in that passion of the Christ where he's beaten in such a way um, that it's, uh, of course, it, it's not human. But even when they finished, there's a part in that movie, if you remember, if you watched it, you know, with shaking legs because of all the bones, the muscles, the nerves, and he stood up for more. Someone said he took one of 39 lashes. No, that's, no that's, that, that, that was not under the Romans. The Romans had no number. The, the, they, they beat him within, I'd, I'd say, centimeters of his death. He wasn't a weak man. But I want to hit something this morning concerning the sickness in our bodies. It's not the will of God. You, you ought to hate sickness as much as you ought to hate sin, but you ought to hate sickness with the same passion. Yeah. And when it attacks, and it does attack all of us in some, some ways, we ought to attack it back. And this morning, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to hit it hard. It, ain't, it won't take me long, but I'm, I'm going to hit it hard. Amen. In Jesus' name. It, it's not me. It's, it's just the Jesus in me and the Jesus in you. We're, we're going to hit it hard. Amen. Huh? We're not going to put up with this stuff. Y'all with me? Amen. 
This is, this is not working up something in the flesh. That won't do any good. Huh? But you know, the, 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 the enemy is an aggressor. Huh? The problem is church mostly just plays defense. We wait till something bad happens to us. We just try to you know, get back our ground. Actually, we're the one supposed to be laying the blows. <laughs> you know, we, we, there always is a need for defense, but it's time to go into offensive now. Over in Isaiah, under that covenant, he says, their youth could be renewed like an eagle. Moses died after 120 years and walked up the hill to do it. And the Lord says, the time dies. He says, oh, okay, how, how did I do that? He says, I, come on up here, I'll help, you. I'll, I'll help you with it. And he walked up the mountain to do it. It said his natural forces, his eyes weren't dim, his natural forces were not abated. And he walked up the hill to die. Think about that. After 40 years in the wilderness, what did Joshua say? He says, I was 40 years old. And this, and this campaign started now. I'm about 85 years old. He says, he says, I'm as strong now as I was then. He says, give me some of them Amorites and Hedgites and Heathertites and Jebusites and Tites and Ites and Brights. He says, let me, let me have some of them Mike brothers. He says, I can kick their, this is good now as I could back then. And I know we do it jokingly, but when someone gets 40, you put a sign in the yard and say, Lordy, Lordy, Joe Bob's 40, about to take his last breath. Well, I know we're making fun, but see, your spirit don't know any difference. So when you're joking around all the time, your spirit don't know what to do with that. Then you get in trouble, you try to quote scripture, your spirit says, I don't know, it's, it's, I think it's another joke, I don't know. I can prove that to you from the word. See, your heart's smart. So death and life is in the power of your tongue. Your body will do whatever... Is told to do. It has no choice. The body is in submission to the spirit. Amen. God did not even deal with sickness physically. S sickness is not, is not really physical. It's, it's spiritual. All sickness is, is a spiritual problem. I think you know that, but if, in case you don't know, I'm telling you right. All sickness is a spiritual issue. Amen. Because the Lord dealt with what Jesus did was a spiritual thing, not a physical thing. The physical was involved, and of course the body was tortured and, and, and beaten in such a way. And so we, we, see, we see the outward of what Jesus did, but we have to understand inwardly what was happening. And this is a spiritual issue, and you are a spirit being. And, and physical, the physical does not give orders to spirit. Amen. Now, if you let it, it will. But I'm telling you right now, you, you, I don't know if we have one. We may not have any more than a three-star general, but I guess you could make up to, there is what, a five-star general available? That's still an available status? I don't know. But I'm talking about, we, we, we can go from wherever we are. We, we're going back to the general seat. Because you're seated far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. Colossians 2 said, he disarmed every principality and power and might against you. He disarmed him, disarmed him. Now, I'm going to say something, and I don't mean this, if you're watching or listening another time, I, I, I'm not mocking anything. I'm just saying, if, if someone called you, and, and you have someone who was like a stalker, and they begin to call you, and you didn't know who they were, and they begin to terrorize you and tell you what they were going to do to you, and, uh, and they would call you at random times to put fear into you. 
And they could use those, you know, things they put on their phones to make it disguise their voice and make it sound hideous and all the kind of stuff. And they would tell you what they were going to do to you and do to your family. It would strike fear in a lot of people's hearts. And these calls go on and on and on. Then you get the police involved and they come over there. You know, you watch enough police shows, you know, get them on there, tell them, you know, ask them about the mama and all them and find out about the dog's name so we can trace this call, see where it's coming from. But they finally trace the call. They finally trace the call in my story and they get over there and they bust the door down and they find out that there's a guy there with the mechanism that he's speaking into, but he's in a wheelchair. He's paralyzed from the waist down and both arms have been amputated. And then you look and you think, you're the one who terrorized me? You're the one who was going to do this and this and this and this and this and this to me with your words and I couldn't see you and you was going to do And you put fear in my heart and my family? And how, how, how was you going to shoot me or stab me or do with it? You don't have arms. The Bible says Jesus disarmed Satan. Amen. Amen. He paralyzed him. He took him down to naught. Every principality, every power, every might and dominion. He said he brought every, everything down and put it under his feet. Amen. And he said he, Jesus, is the head of the body and you are the body of Christ, right? And so with every head, there has to be a whole body, right? And it said we are the body and we are the feet. Amen. And guess what's under your feet? Amen. Guess who's under your feet? Huh? Didn't God, tell, didn't God tell the serpent in the garden after even they sinned? He says, look, oh boy, you had your day, but you got one coming. He said, this woman right here, she gonna have, he said, this woman right here, eventually is going to have some seed. And that seed's going to have seed, and seed's going to have seed, and seed's going to have a seed. And it, actually, who, who's he talking about? Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. And he says, your head, your head one day, sucker, is going to bruise his heel because he's going to stomp your head. 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 And what we're going to do with sickness today, we're going to stop it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who is risen, who's alive, who's a well, and who remains. Amen. And he is king and he is total authority. Amen. So everything in your body is going to take orders today from the king himself. Amen. You're going to have to have to back off in the corner and say, I don't want any of this. I'm just going to be suffering for Jesus. Now, you'll be suffering for ignorance, what you're going to be suffering for. But if you hang around long enough, we'll get rid of ignorance. Amen. Right? I'm telling you, <coughs> Jesus is not a good man. He is king. He is a ruler. He's the authority in the name of Jesus. The day will come that every demon and every, every demonic spirit will bow and have to call him Lord. You know, they ain't looking forward to that day. <laughs> Satan, I mean, Satan still thinks he might win this thing. I mean, he really does. He's been on American Island every year and can't win. He's, he's, he sends a bunch of them up there. Gets to the end, gets voted off. He knows something about singing the music, right? He started his business right there. But he's only, he thinks he can still work this thing out. But the day's coming before he's chained forever that Satan himself, Lucifer, is going to be pinned down. He's going to have to say, you are Lord. And that'll be then. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. King of kings, Lord of lords. So this is a sickness-free zone right now. This is a sickness and a disease-free zone. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Jesus took all sickness from, from me, my family. I will not allow any sickness 
any disease, any name of any sickness or disease in my body. Demons, get out. Spirit of infirmity, get out. Fear, get out. Lying spirits, get out. I release the life of God in me. Out of my spirit this morning, I release. See, life's in your spirit, right? Now, the Bible says the, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells where? In your denomination. No. In, in your local church. No. In the pastor. No. He said the, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells where? In your spirit. He says, and, and then that, he says that, that's in a measure. Now, people say, now, wait, he's talking about at the end when our bodies, will that, that's true. That is true. That's true. But you've got a measure of that now. Amen. Right? I mean, the day will come that we, we talked about the dead Christ will rise first and they'll, they'll get a glorified body. And that, that'll be, the, that'll be the, the fullness of, of, of going from mortal to immortal, from, from putting off corruption to incorruptible. But you have a great measure of that in your spirit right now, according to Romans 8, 11, isn't it? He says, you have that in you. He said, it will quicken. It, he said, that, that measure begin to quicken and make alive what's wrong in your mortal body. Amen. So what you do, we're saying, God help me. You're looking the wrong way, Bubba. It's down here. It's, he said, it's in your spirit. Don't, don't, don't try to get it out of heaven. Hallelujah. Huh? Amen. I mean, I, I like them old gospels. I mean, some of y'all, uh, some of us know this. Uh, how do you remember those songs? Uh, uh, I used to listen to John Starr and John Starr singing. It was Jim Swagger. He sang uh, Operator. Give me Jesus on the line. Y'all remember that song? Yeah. It ain't really that scriptural. But anyway, just, but it, it's, it's fun to sing. You don't have to get Jesus on the line. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yeah. So if you're going to make a phone call, just like, <laughs> hey, hey. You need someone to agree with, just look down. Hallelujah. <laughs> look, look down on the inside. Now, now just release into your release into your body right now. I can't do this for you. So I say, I release the life of God. It's in my spirit. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. I purposely and consciously. Release that life, Release that, life. That, zoe life. that zoe life, the nature of God, the, of God. the healing power of the Holy One. The I release that into every bone, every cell, every, cell. Every, organ. every organ, every tissue, every, tissue. every, nerve. every nerve, every muscle, every muscle. from the crown of my head crown. to the soles of my feet. Release, release the power of of the, uh, the release, the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout my body right now, in Jesus name, giving me a total healing and cure in my body. I declare by his stripes, I am healed. I am whole. I am strong. I will live and I will not die. And I will declare the works of the Lord. So every condition in my body, everything the doctor said, everything they said can't be fixed, everything that they medicate, we now take the ultimate medicine. The Lord is my healer. The Lord is our physician. 
The Lord is the best physician. He sent his word. And if the word healed me, since he did heal me and I was healed, I must be healed. So I look back from the cross as Peter looked back from the cross. And he said, by his stripes, we were, we were, we were healed. Well, if we were healed, then I must be healed now. Now, see, what you're doing is you're, you're giving notice to your body right now. Jesus talked to a fig tree. See, he was 100% God, 100% man. And he went to a fig tree to see if there was something on it. The man needed to go over and see if something was on it. I mean, everything he did every moment wasn't a God, total God thing. He went because he was hungry. That's what helped me to understand one thing by he was man. Amen. How many think hungry is a human thing? Yes. You ever been hungry? Someone, someone said, I, right, I am right now if you'll quit. So, well, he was hungry. He went to go see. And so since that thing, that fig tree wasn't living his purpose, he said, not, not nine words. No man shall eat fruit of thee hereafter. And walked away. Only Peter the next day was looking for it. See if it really worked. He said, Jesus, Jesus. He said, what, what, what? You ain't going to believe this. That tree that you talked to, it's gone. It's dead. See, Jesus spoke to it. And I know, I know y'all know this. I know y'all know this. You know, miracles are instantaneous. I love miracles. I love instantaneous miracles. Go for it. But a lot, but a lot of healing is, is, is in a process. When Jesus spoke to that tree, it had, no, it, had, it had no figs on it, right? None, but it had green leaves. Did it turn brown immediately? But Jesus spoke to it. But 24 hours later, what was it doing? It had withered. You ever, you ever cut a limb off a tree? Are you ladies doing garden and you cut it off? I've taken a tree and we've cut it down or limbs off and it, you know, laying there, you're going to burn them later. And for two days, the leaves are still green. Why? Because it's got a little bit of life left in that branch. But it's been severed. It's been separated from the life source. And when it, stays, when it does that, it loses its vitality. And you've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness. And now it's, it's lost its ability to have its way in you. But then you got joined to Jesus and it was a good fit. <clears throat> And now all of a sudden, what's in him is in you. Amen. I mean, whatever Jesus is rooted in, you must be rooted yes, in him. Because he's the vine and you're the branch. And whatever he's rooted in, rooted in you. If you don't like your fruit, baby, you need to check your root. Because if you're rooted in Jesus, you're going to get Jesus stuff. Oh, I wish somebody would get happy this morning. I wish I, had a friend in, I wish I had a friend in this place. Whatever you're abiding in is what you're going to be fruity in. It's scripture to be fruity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're supposed to be fruity. You're supposed to abide in him and have fruit. So y'all ready to receive communion? Isaiah 52, 13. Don't turn. This is the Lord says my servant will succeed in his task and he will be highly honored. Don't listen to this next verse. For, this is verse 14. This is the good news translation. This is to my Jesus on the cross. This is Isaiah prophesying about the one who would come. Amen. This is Isaiah prophesying about the, the crucifixion. Listen to this verse. Many people will, were shocked when they saw him. He was so disfigured that he hardly looked human. 
that, that wasn't a few little lashes. Right? So sickness is spiritual. God didn't deal with sickness physically. Now, the body's involved, obviously, right? Sickness is spiritual. Because remember, he sent his word, spiritual, and healed them. He was wounded for your transgressions, spiritual. He was bruised for your iniquities, spiritual bruising. Of course, also physical. The wounds that the soldiers made did not take away sin, did they? Wasn't he dealing with sin? Did, 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 what the, did the Roman soldiers, when they beat him, was that taking away sin? Could a, a man do that? No. If they had, then sin would be a physical thing. Then you could just deal with knowledge to deal with that. So it was not the spiritual wounds that made the whip or the, called it a lictor. That, that wasn't what did it. It was the stripes. It was the justice that the Lord put upon Jesus. God was giving him for all of us. It was an act of justice where Jesus came to justify you of your past and of your present and of your future. You're totally free. You're, you're received by the Lord. You're, you're loved by him. You're forever his. And when you make mistakes, well, you're forgiven. Tell him. Huh? You're, just tell him. He paid for all of it, beginning to end. Amen. It was the stripes that justice that laid upon his spirit. God made him sick, Isaiah said, with your sickness. He made him sin with your sin. See, we, we, we say it this way, and I, and I keep saying this so you'll get it. People say, well, Jesus died for my sins. No, no, he didn't. Jesus didn't die for your sins. I get your attention. Jesus did not die for your sins. He died as your sin. He became sin. God became sin. How weighty is that? So that you might become what he was and is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He laid upon him your sickness, spiritual. He laid upon him your transgression, spiritual. He laid upon him your justice, spiritual. And then he laid upon you his righteousness, spiritual, so that you would be the righteousness of God. Sickness is an unrighteous act. Spiritually, it has no place in your body. So the physical is having its way, but we're making the adjustment today. We're making the adjustment on the inside. Say, no, that's, that's not, uh, no, 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 no. This, this is a spiritual matter. Huh? This is a spiritual matter. So if you'll take the uh, communion right there, I'm going to read some scriptures out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And thank you. We doing all right? Don't want, you, don't want the ham to burn, so we got to go. But this is it right here. Paul said, For I have received of the Lord that which was delivered unto me, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after the same matter, he took the cup. When he supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament. See, New Testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till they come. 
Wherefore, whosoever shall eat of this bread and drink of this cup unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself so that he so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. And it's for this cause that many are weak and sickly among you, and many asleep. For if we judge ourselves, we will not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Let me tell you what that did not say. That did not tell you to judge yourself to see if you're worthy. He said people here have died prematurely and been sick because they didn't properly discern what they were doing. This represents who? Jesus' body that was beaten for you. What does this represent? The blood that was shed for you. We sing power in the blood. This was beaten for you. This poured from Emmanuel's veins for you. That's what we're supposed to properly discern. This made you worthy. He didn't tell you to look at yourself and you decide if you are. He thinks he did it. It is finished, right? Boy, you go down that rabbit hole, you'll never come out. Because you go look and I had this and I ain't done enough this or done this right. Didn't, and maybe I'm here. I'm telling you, <laughs> if you receive Jesus Christ, you're worthy. Amen. In your spirit, you're as righteous as Jesus. You go to heaven, they're not going to get you in a righteous one and bring you up to speed. You're just as righteous and holy as he is on the inside of you. In, in, your, spirit, you, in your spirit, you've never missed it. In your spirit, you've never been a sinner since you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You are worthy. Jude said he's going to present you before the Father today, holy, faultless, and blameless. When it comes to your turn, he's going to say, come here, faultless. You're going to say, me, son. Come on, come on, blameless. Come on, worthy. That's, that's the book of Jude. I think it's the 24th verse. He's going to present you before the Father, holy, blameless, and faultless. Man, what will that do to you when you go to pray? Oh, God. Oh, no, get to, no, I'll pick your head up. You're a son and daughter of the Most High. You're King of kings and Lord of lords. This is lordship. Amen? So let's take the, the bread. Remember, by his stripes. Say, by his stripes. I'm healed. Break it. Eat. Receive your healing right now in Jesus' name. Top of your head. Crown of your head. Soles of your feet. Everything in your body. Begin to respond to the healing power of Jesus. I command your body to respond right now to the healing power of Jesus. By, your by his stripes, you are healed. Top of your, uh, everything, everything. Now, yeah, right there. There it is. <laughs> That's what he's waiting on right there. Hmm. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Someone being healed here or watching have a blood disorder, don't know who that you are. Someone's had some issues with some clotting of the blood. They got you either on some medicine or you're going to go check. To, I don't know the particulars, but there's some issues of the clotting blood. It's a concern that is no longer a concern. That will never happen to you. In Jesus' name, you're healed of that right now. The blood will flow effortlessly through your, for your, through your arteries and your veins. Your veins have become uh, elastic again, and your heart is made new. Ezekiel, he said, I'm going to give you a brand new heart. You're going to run. <clears throat> Jeremiah said, he said, if you can't keep up with the footman, he said, how are you, how you going to run with the horses? This is the day that we're in. Hallelujah. This is, we're in the final hour. We're in the, we're in the last two minutes of the game. This is the Super Bowl. We're, we're, he's pulling out the big playbook. We're throwing the <laughs> Owen out the door, right? 
So he said, if running with footmen has weird you, how are you going to run with horses? Giddy up, y'all. It's time to move on. It's not time to retire. It's time to refire. Y'all ready? Y'all come on before I start preaching. In the name of Jesus, let's receive. Look at blameless. Blameless, holy, sanctified, glorified. That's who you are in Jesus. I can order y'all some of that if it tastes really good. <laughs> now let's, <clears throat> let's give a shout. People who don't understand what happened here, they said, they killed my Jesus. Well, they did. He's alive. It's a celebration. He said, do this in remembrance of me. He said, not a memorial. Do this in remembrance of me. Glory be to God. See, Satan knows when he's got you, when he gets you shouting. <laughs> he, he can tell He can tell when he silenced you when, when people get silent and they've been through a whole lot of stuff They're like whatever And he says well we about got him now ain't we <clears throat> But when you don't have enough sense to, be, to shut up You're confusing him Because he can't read your mind So he's, he sends attacks to you Then he sees how you respond Because he's looking for someone he may devour How's he going to know? He's going to listen for you talking Oh that doctor said I ain't going to make it <laughs> The doctor said, the doctor said, the doctor said, the doctor said, the banker said, the doctor said, the world said, Fox News said, CNN said, they said, they said, they said. You need to get rid of your television for just a little while. You need to go back and watch Bugs Bunny. It'd be a lot more fun. You need to find, watch Tom and Jerry trying to catch that mouse. Wild and coyote in the roadrunner. Beep, beep. And get rid of some of this other news. You need some new news. Some new news, right? You need to tell your body. The Bible said, Jesus said, Paul said, John said, huh? Even Thomas, after a while, finally caught on. He says, he said, well, God lead G. Shazam, you are him, aren't you? You made it back. Jesus, you believe now? He says, yeah. He says, well, blessed are those who didn't see and believed. But Thomas got there. Now, don't go to heaven calling him down, Thomas. That won't, that ain't nice. They say, hey, did you? Because you'll know people when you get there. I don't know how you're going to do it. You'll say, you're, he's going to say, don't say it. I hear it all the time. <laughs> Please, I, this has been going on for years. <laughs> Please, just go with Thomas. <laughs> Amen. Well, I bless you in Jesus' name. You have resurrection life flowing in you right now. You have enough for you, enough to give it away. You carrying the mother load. Hallelujah. Well, you're carrying the father load, I guess. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. I bless you. You'll have safe travels if you're traveling today. And uh